Now, NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio with Lee Whitting. Whether you're listening on TalkZone, by podcast, through the archives of our ad-free shows on our YouTube channel, or connected through the incredible content of our Facebook page. Two weeks ago, we presented Kids Hints 2, several stories from our listeners concerning their own children's remarks that encouraged a belief that their children had reincarnated as part of an ongoing family. The souls of parents and kids had had a lifetime-to-lifetime relationship before. The following week, I pleaded the case for a deeper understanding of these soul-to-soul relationships and how they can help not only in our understanding of the possibilities of reincarnation, but also in the soul-to-soul pre-birth agreements possible between mother and child, even in cases of miscarriage and abortion. This week, I'm back with Kids Hints 3, and I'm hoping you'll spot some connections to your own family. After all, I'm not reading these memories like some reprise of the show, Kids Say the Darndest Things. But as an indication of the pre-birth arrangements and agreements made between souls in the pre-pregnancy, all-knowing setting of the other side. Children up to the age of five or so have memory glimpses far wiser than the memories of a mature mother's soul. While we wonder about how we got here and what the hell we're doing, it's imperative we understand we've already planned for some of the major events that happen, including pregnancy, miscarriage, and abortion. Such events occur in part to test the loving concern shown by the rest of us in support of the decisions of a pregnant woman. So these revelations from kids are important because they sometimes trigger memories of our own or conform, uh, confirm rather a deeper understanding of the big picture. So, so let me give you an example from my own life. In a previous show, I mentioned my belief that my soul wanted to be born to my mother so much that when she miscarried her first pregnancy, I stayed around to be born to her by her second pregnancy. Well, imagine my surprise and delight when in researching this week's show, I came across the following report from a thread on Reddit. This man commented, I almost made a throwaway for this, but I guess I don't have anything to hide, so here goes. My mom and dad had two kids. My mom got pregnant again, and long story short, they decided to have an abortion. A few months later, my mom has a dream, and a man is telling her that she is going to get pregnant again and to not get rid of him this time. I don't recall the exact words my mom used. Lo and behold, my mom does get pregnant again, and while she is pregnant, she and my dad are looking through family albums at my dad's parents' house, and she comes across the man in her dreams an uncle of my dad's. The uncle's spirit had interceded, and nine months later, out pops me. My mom always tells people about how I was the best baby she ever had. I was content playing alone or with my siblings. I was calm and never got upset. She called me an old soul and her miracle baby. Well, needless to say, I was delighted to find a story that confirmed my own experience, that a soul targeted for one pregnancy can jump to the next one. Now, let me get on with some of these other reports, one or more of which may apply to your life as well. This one begins, 
My daughter asked if I remembered when she died or when her family died. My daughter then told me about her three brothers that died and even their names, but I forgot them. Then her parents died and then she died, but she was a boy. Then she came to this family and she likes it better because we have medicine that works. She then grieved for them, for her deceased family, for about an hour with me trying to help her through it. She was six years old with autism and a speech delay. It was quite a shock for her to relay the whole story to me. And then the next day, she told my sister the same thing, almost word for word. And another. My three-year-old said, I was your mom in heaven multiple times. When I was six weeks pregnant with her, my mom died unexpectedly. It was the same day she found out the secret that I was pregnant at 40 with what would be her last grandchild. We were going to surprise her on her 75th birthday two weeks later, but a niece let the secret out. When my girl was four, we were looking through picture boxes. I, I have no family pictures posted in the house. Later that night, I realized my girl took three pictures of my mom and put them in her room. She had never seen pictures of my mom before. I asked her why she took those pictures, and she said, because I'm pretty. Uh, here was an informational comment on one of the uh, one religion's notion of when the soul enters and bonds to the fetus. This uh, person wrote, Reincarnation is a major part of the lore in religions that originated in the Indian subcontinent. It is said that the soul enters the womb between 40 and 48 days since conception. Then it takes another 40 to 42 days for it to tether itself to the fetus. It takes it this long because it wants to see if the fetus's body, its genetic memory, is compatible with its own karmic memory from its past lives. If compatibility cannot be found, or if the fetus suffers some sort of damage and becomes un unusable, the soul exits and you'll get a miscarriage or a stillbirth. The soul fetus tethering completes typically in the first 90 days since conception, and from then, then on, it's a full human being. Also, it's said that if the death of a person was natural, that is, their life force just diminished to below the threshold that's required for the soul to remain tethered to the body, then that soul, after death, can enter a new body as soon as 48 hours. And then uh, added to that, also according to the lore, the possibility of you being born again into your previous family is very high, as the fetus's genetic memory will be highly compatible with your own karmic memory. And that's the view of one listener. Here's another. My father told me that there's apparently a Chinese belief that children before the age of three are more connected to the past life the transition from death to rebirth, and can even see ghosts. And this is why kids lose their memories after three, so they, they can't reveal these things. And another. I remember being three or four and feeling like I lived a past life. I asked my parents if I had lived a past life. My parents, being religious Christians, told me no. I remember taking them at their word because as a kid that young, you believe what your parents tell you is right, while at the same time being really internally upset and unsure about their answer. 
and someone responded to that comment. I've heard it said that with schooling in particular, the child's this life identity solidifies. Before that age, the question, what did you do when you were big, can yield some surprises. This person wrote, my son literally told me how he died. He was three and pretending to run over his Lego men. When I asked, to, asked him to stop, he said, that's how I died, isn't it? No, you never died. Yes, I have. When I was two last time, the car hit me, my other mommy cried, and then I came to you. He's a teen now and doesn't remember a thing about it. And here's another. My friend had a miscarriage before she had her first daughter. A few years ago, when her daughter was about four, a group of us were at a party and her daughter was sitting on her lap and said something along the lines of, quote, I'm sorry I left you before, mommy. I was hurting real bad and I wasn't ready. My friend asked her what she meant and her daughter said she left her before she was born, but came back. Her daughter doesn't remember this conversation and still doesn't know about the miscarriage. And another. My family took everyone on a trip to see their old neighborhood. They drove by a house where, about 15 years earlier, a little girl was hit by a car and died. My cousin, who was about four at the time, had never been in the neighborhood and never heard this tragic story. She stopped what she was doing and said, Oh, that's where I died, isn't it? Before she resumed playing with her dolls. My mom loves to tell this story. When I was young, I really wanted to learn Russian, so they got me into a class. In general, Russian was very easy to pick up and use. It sort of made sense, and I could construct complex sentences. The teacher told my mother that it was spooky because I could speak it in a way that hadn't been, uh, they hadn't been teaching me. I could figure out colloquial phrases. To this day, I still have it, and I haven't lost my Russian. And another. My three-year-old niece in a hotel near her home said, I've been here. I used to sit in this chair and knit. She would say, she wouldn't say anything else when pressed further. Another time in an antique shop, we looked at an old school desk with a flip top lid when she, bemused, said, where's the inkwell? It just seemed strange that she'd expect there to be one. And another. My daughter, right before she turned five, was in our hall in the middle of the night, still asleep, whimpering and crying. I got her to come lay down with me, and when I asked her what the dream was, she got very upset and said, it wasn't a dream I remembered. She told me she remembered when she was a bad dog, and they made her go to sleep. I asked her about it later, and she got very upset, said she was a bad dog, and started crying, saying she didn't want to remember it again. She has no idea what it means to put a dog down, let alone that that's what happens to bad dogs. And another wrote, I have a few, all from the same kid. First, when my son was... Three, he told me that he was once kidnapped and the police accidentally shot and killed him when they were trying to rescue him. When he turned five, he told me that he had never made it this far. Also, when he was five, we drove past my grandparents' old house 
they'd been gone 16, 18 years at that point. And he told me, I, I used to play in that house with Pappy, my dad, when I was little, except the house used to be white. The house did indeed used to be white, and it had been painted an ugly gray. My dad also had nine siblings, three of whom died in infancy. Another, it was in the early afternoon of Halloween. This is a rough time of year for me because my first child was stillborn near this day. I was sitting in a chair in the den. My husband was at the desk on the opposite side of the room. My two-and-a-half-year-old daughter was moving around the room, not really doing anything. As always happens on this day, my thoughts turn to my stillborn daughter. Suddenly, my daughter plops a book into my lap. Now remember, she's just two and can't read yet. Also, the walls of the room were pretty much wall-to-wall books. The book she gave me had been given to me after the stillborn. It was a book for grieving parents titled, Our Children Forever. Startled by the coincidence, I just kind of stared at the book. My two-year-old daughter flipped open the book and pointed imperiously to a paragraph. I obeyed and read the paragraph. It was talking about how a child who dies might reincarnate back into the same family or somewhere nearby. So I wondered where my child might have been reincarnated. My daughter patted me on my leg and said, I'm white here, mommy. Up until those words, she hadn't spoken, spoken out loud. It gives me chills every time I remember. Another. My son went for over a year talking about his other mommy and daddy with a completely serious face. We have a blended family, so he has me, mom, and at his his father's house, his dad, stepmom, and brother. He said he had two fake mommies and a fake daddy, and then a set of real ones. When I was trying to get clarification, thinking he was having trouble adapting to new family roles, he informed us that we were the fakes and that his real parents were much older and lived far away on a farm with his older brother. That story came up off and on, as well as weird side statements from him. We had him in the ER one time in a private room. He hears voices outside, which he normally wouldn't pay any mind to. He perked up, looked at the door, and said, That sounds like my real mommy's voice. He was very excited and animated about it. My kid is usually pretty deadpan, so... That was uh, off, too. But I decided to just ride it out. Admittedly, it did freak me out at first. He hasn't done it for a while. And my thought makes you wish they'd opened the door, doesn't it? Hmm. And another. I'm not a parent, but my mom told me this story. When she was in law school, her mother, my grandmother, bought her a string of pearls. My mother continued to wear the same string of pearls long after graduation and long after my grandmother died. My grandmother died two days after I was born in the same hospital. She got the chance to hold me once, during which time my father swears she transferred her soul into me. One night when I was about three or four, I crawled into my mother's lap. She was wearing her pearls, and I reached up to touch them. I looked her dead in the eye and said, I got these for you before I was born. 
Then I went back to playing. My mom says she still gets goosebumps whenever she thinks about that story. And another. So I'm raised Roman Catholic. My son is raised Roman Catholic. But I was dating this Muslim guy who would play pray, uh, play prayers constantly. They were on YouTube. This particular day, my boyfriend was playing a prayer that's supposedly to protect you from jinn. My three-year-old son looked up from his coloring book and said, as clear as day, now they will be gone for a thousand days. My boyfriend looked him dead in the eye and, and was like, how do you know that? My son smiled, shrugged, and continued to color. My boyfriend explained to me that if you recited that specific prayer, it was supposed to banish evil spirits for a thousand days. To this day, I still get chills when I think about it. My mother was also super freak because I told her, Daddy used to be my baby, but I drowned when he was my size. I was four, and my grandfather drowned when my dad was four. And another. When I was younger, I would sleepwalk, appearing to be fully conscious, then lie down and go back to sleep like nothing happened. There have been times my mom caught me opening windows in the middle of the night. Another time, she was in the kitchen reading the paper, and I walked in, made myself a glass of orange juice, drank it, and then went to sleep at the table in front of her. One time, my mom and dad were watching a World War II documentary late one night. Something about the push into Europe and a massive tank battle, probably Aaron Court. I walked downstairs, and my parents told me to go back to bed. I said, I want to watch the battle again. My parents said, You've never seen this documentary, this footage of a battle shot by a combat camera crew. I said, no, but I remember it. We were in that one. It went boom. I then pointed to a specific tank in the middle ground. I remember the one behind us going boom, too. Mom put me to bed saying I was talking nonsense. Then she went back down and jokes with my dad. Dad says he's not so sure because... While she was putting me to bed, both tanks exploded, the one in the rear first, followed by the one I pointed out. Another, when my daughter was little, younger than four, not only did she never get mad once, she loved to put on bathrobes and sit Indian style and close her eyes and meditate with no knowledge of the practice that we were aware of. And then another follow-up to that, Another person wrote, my son did this, except he was four and he sat cross-legged in meditative pose in the tub during a shower. And when I asked him what he was doing, he gave me a strange look and said, I'm meditating, mom. He had never been taught how. And another. When I was about three, I used to tell my mom stories of being a little Chinese girl. Apparently, I lived at the bottom of a hill with my grandmother, and I died in a flood. When I was six or seven, I came home from school upset that I'd been surrounded by a group of boys, and I cried to my mom that it was just like when the soldiers on horses came to take us away. And another. My mom loves to tell the story when little... Uh, when little me was with her driving past the cemetery and I announced loudly, 
Well, that's where they put you when you commit treason against the king. Another. I asked my son once who he was before he was my son. He was small, maybe three. He looked at me sadly and said, It was dark and cold, and I wasn't anything, just all by myself. And then he perked up and said, And before that, I had black wings and I flew, and I take shiny stuff because all shiny things are mine. And that is how I realized my son was magpie in his past life. And it gave me a clue about where to find my missing earrings. He had a hidden cache of jewelry in his room, the little imp. Someone uh, noted that Jim Tucker, University of Virginia professor, has explored the topic of reincarnation in children. They said his case examples are as chilling as some of those mentioned in this thread. So I looked up Dr. Tucker on Amazon and uh, found he's got two interesting titles. Uh, One is uh, Before, Children's Memories of Previous Lives, and uh, another, a second book, Return to Life. If any of you read it, let me know what if they're good. And another. When my sister was three, she would go on and on about her brother, Brian. We're all girls, and we don't know where she would have heard the name, but it was all Brian does this, and Brian and me used to do that, on and on. Thinking Brian was an imaginary friend, I asked her where Brian was now. She said, he's dead. I am too. The bomb got us, and our house is gone. Very weird. Another. My little brother, around ages two to three, would always say, once when I was a teenager and tell a story, I teased him, but he seemed to recall so much. He would become upset when I told him it had never happened, that you were never a teenager. By ages four to five, he had no recollection of his teenage self. And this, um, the first time my six-year-old stepdaughter got to handle my practice broadsword, she knelt in front of it like a Templar, praying to the cross of the cross guard. It was weirdly solemn, too. Another. When my then two-and-a-half-year-old daughter heard a loud boom, she jumped into a small low spot in our yard and yelled, Foxhole! With a terrified look on her face, she had never seen any movies about wars or anything. Definitely had me curious. Another. This is about my sister. We've always called her a baby genius, and she has always seemed like an old soul. I remember when she was four, she was playing in another room, and my mom was cleaning. My sister comes into the room and asks my mom, Have you been cleaning? Because it really smells like ether in here. As a surgical anesthesia not used for decades, (laughs) I had never even heard the word before. And when we asked her how she knew the smell of ether, she said, it's what we used. Another, my daughter was three to four. She kept asking me, mommy, do you remember when you were little and I was big? I took good care of you. We went to the store all the time. Then when her little brother was born, she asked me if I could call him Augie. I asked her where she'd heard the name, and she told me that she'd made it up. 
My great-grandfather passed away August 31st of 2001. She was born September 7th of 2011. My great-grandfather had a dog long before I was born named Augie. Had a hard time wrapping my brain around it. And another? I was walking down the street with my daughter, who was about four years at the time, and she pointed to a random house and told me about how she had lived there with her sister, but they had to leave when the house went on fire and her sister went to heaven. Another. I'm not a parent, but when I was four to five years old, sitting in the back of my mom's car on a drive, I suddenly had a very strong memory of sitting in a different car next to a little blonde girl that I knew had been my sister, smiling at me. I suddenly became very afraid, and I cried. It's almost two full decades later, and I'm still freaked out because I know I didn't form that memory in this lifetime. Another? Not as a parent, but my niece drew a picture of a man in her room that she kept telling her parents about. He had two different colored eyes, and one was gray. When they asked why it was gray, she responded, because he can see the storm coming. Another. My cousin died from a stray bullet in 1992. Nine months later, his mom had another son, and a few years later, they visited the house where they used to live when my murdered cousin was around. The kid walks into the house like he owns the place, though he'd never been there before in his life. And it was like a, oh, yay, mom slept. Here's where mom slept. Here's where sis slept. We used to play cards here. And then he goes to the room where my deceased cousin slept. And this was my room. And to conclude a comment <laughs> with a comment someone left would someone confirm and or notice that all of these stories have a child either three or four years old maybe that's a special age for triggering memories of past lives come on everyone go to your nearest three to four year old and commence the interrogation well my thanks to all those who posted their stories for sharing these personal experiences with us and thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to hear this show again or any of our more than 500 archived ad-free NDE interviews, go to TalkZone's NDE radio site and hit the Past Shows button, or go to our YouTube channel, NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, where you can subscribe to and comment on the complete NDE radio library. And be sure to check out our NDE radio Facebook page. Just search NDE Radio with Lee Whitting on your Facebook app. And listen next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern at Talk Zone for more NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, saying, once again, thanks for listening.